following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Media Match, a roundtable of Cowboys insiders dropping wisdom and offering sizzling takes on the current state of your Dallas Cowboys. Now your host, Steve Dennis. Man, we're so glad you're with us, all of you across Cowboys Nation. Media Mash gathered for a Wednesday. Cowboys getting set for another divisional foe against the New York Giants. The one team all year that the Cowboys handled in all all aspects offensively. Did whatever they wanted. Pass it, run it, whatever. Uh, maybe they need a dose of that. Uh, this weekend. I am Steve Dennis. Happy to be here. I'm in a great mood. I'll explain in a minute. John Machota is here from The Athletic. We're certainly happy to have him here. Rob Phillips over there from Dallas Cowboys Platforms. And man, what a star. Jane Slater <laughs> from the NFL Network. Look at her. She's it's like here. WWE's like my uh, my hype guy as I walk out. Appreciate that, You're, Steve Dennis. See, I, I always feel like I'm one of your favorite guys in your you life. You actually I, are. I have felt like that for some time now. Now I, I could be wrong, but you're going to really love me today because I'm coming. I'm coming from such a positive point of view when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. Now, uh, maybe it's because I'm going to pick up my kid from college for, at the airport when the Aww, show's over you love today, your daughter. and she's home for a month. For Christmas. Oh, that's what it is. Every parent should feel the pain of your only child leaving home and then the excitement of them returning for Christmas. And then the letdown when they go hang out with all of their friends from back home and don't see mom and dad. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) It happens to me when I drop the kid off for daycare for three hours. So I can't imagine college. I'm as excited as I was when I was a freshman and went home for the first time from college. Uh, But we'll put that aside. Uh, I'm I'm funneling that toward Cowboys positivity. (laughs) And and I hope you guys will play along. If you don't want to, that's fine, because I love the negative side. Always. Have uh, as Jane will attest, yes. uh, but I feel like there's a lot of negativity flying around this football team right now. Everywhere you turn, there are arguments about Dak, there are discussions about their pretenders. Uh, I mean, this and that, it's it's everywhere. It, do you guys feel like I'm right about that? Is that is there a very strong whiff of negativity flowing out there? Well, it's, it's funny that you say that because, you know, as I'm prepping for this week, we're, we're talking about a number two offense and a defense that's scoring touchdowns and keeping this team in the game. And then you also look around the league at some of these other teams. Scott Hansen had the perfect tweet after the Arizona Cardinal-Ram game, which I was at on Monday Night Football. We don't know who the best team is. Because you had Matthew Stafford and the Rams. I just said that with an accent. Stafford. Uh, and the Rams... Uh, that had, a, what, a three-game losing streak that they snapped playing Jacksonville. So you weren't expecting much from them, and they were missing all these players from COVID. And then Matthew Stafford and this team, Cooper Cup, who had been limited, uh, I think, career lows against the uh, Rams before, comes out and has a great game. And so I, John and I were sort of joking about this in the media room. I said, maybe we see a sort of turnaround with this offense the way the Rams did. Uh, but I think that the concern right now is because there does seem to be a disconnect between Dak and his wide receivers as it relates to just timing and rhythm. But we've also seen this kind of early on in the season. Am I wrong on this, guys? Because I feel like we have these conversations with Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper in the past. 
to start the season that they just need to get in a rhythm and need some time. Well, together. let's not jump ahead. We're going to fix Dak in the second segment. <laughs> we're we're, we're, we're going to all go around. But I'm saying that's part of the piece of the puzzle, though, okay, Steve, is but I think people are freaking out because what's up with this offense? I think people are freaking out because they don't know what expect to expect from this offense as it relates to making a deep run. We've talked about that. We're not just talking about this team and the regular season, we're now starting to talk about it, how they fare in the postseason. All right, well, let's let's give them reasons to feel positivity in the first segment. Can we do that? Yeah. I'd Can we try it. to do that? Let's. Who is this, Steve? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I just, I mean, real quick, I'll give you one and let you guys go. I mean, the record by itself, they are 9-4. Do you realize, Cowboys Nation, that only two seasons have been better after 13 games in 20 Years, two seasons. 2016, they were 11 and two. 2007, they were 12 and one. They tied 2014 at nine and four. And the rest of them, garbage. <laughs> I mean, we're talking 20 years. So th- to me, that is a hook right there. This is eight. Now I remind myself of Wade Phillips when they were eight and four in 2008, and he called them all winners. But uh, they're 9-4. and four. To me, that is something by itself, when you consider their past, to celebrate. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and look, I, I think, too, is the defense and what they did Sunday and what they continue can continue to do and grow together with everybody back. I mean, honestly, like, they've been talking for so long about – all the key guys coming back that you almost were like, is it really going to happen? Are they really all going to come back and all come back and play as well as they did? It was the perfect game that you could have imagined for that defensive front, and I think that's what's exciting. The fact that they're statistically kind of middle of the pack in terms of points allowed per game, and that's kind of what – that was kind of the upside or the the high end that people had expectations for this defense. If you go deeper in the DVOA and all that stuff where it factors in takeaways, they're third in the league. Like they've done a tremendous job. Dan Quinn has, Micah Parsons, and we can go on and on. That's what's exciting because I think if you want to be positive about it, say, all right, there's enough evidence that the offense can get this goal. Well, let's camp yeah. out there for a minute, right. and I'll ask you, John. Is there a more exciting defense in the entire NFL? Than the Dallas Cowboys right now. No, no, not right now. And and one of the reasons why is because you look at the way that they played. Just those four guys, Micah Parsons, Marcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, Neville Gallimore. Gregory and Gallimore, 31, 30 snaps each. That's because they're their first game back. They did the same thing with Lawrence against New Orleans. So you haven't even seen them at at full go yet. So that could be this this next week. We know what Micah Parsons is. He's an absolute star, an absolute steal at, at pick 12. He should have been a top five pick in this draft. And now you have somebody on defense that you can build around that it seems like this franchise has been looking for forever, probably since DeMarcus Ware. So that's fascinating in itself. But you know what Lawrence and Gregory are. You know that they're elite, and they've shown you that, that they can each wreck a game. And then if you just want to take it to just one play, and I'm not for people getting hurt, okay? So I'm not, I'm not, I don't want anybody to take this too negative here. But the way that Neville Gallimore wrecked that center and then wrecked Taylor Heineke, like if you are a fan of the pass rush, he's just scratching the surface of what he can be. The fact that you're adding him right now with those other guys and then Tristan Hill and then what you have on the back end with Trayvon Diggs and then now now we, we had the, the three-day window opens up with, with Donovan Wilson. Mm-hmm. He should be coming back. J. Ron Curse has been a total surprise. Like, yeah, it, it – 
you everything about the defense, but particularly that pass rush, absolutely you should be excited about because you when's the last time you've seen that from the Cowboys? Well, you focus later, you focus on the Washington game by itself. Uh, you know, the Cowboys are messing around a little bit, although they did drive it their first possession and got a field goal. But uh Dak throws an interception. Mm-hmm. And and immediately Randy Gregory answers makes that brilliant play with the interception, and then the Cowboys go three and out again. And what do they do? They get the Micah strip sack and Armstrong in for a touchdown. And it's 18 to nothing, thanks to the defense. You can make a very strong argument. They don't win that game uh, without that little sequence right there. And that's a defensive win, uh, which is something to be excited about because it gives you some hopes later. And, again, we'll get all into Dak. We're going to try to fix him uh, before we're done today or at least trying to figure out what, what his affliction is. Um, you can maybe win a playoff game if you're getting that kind of defense. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, because you can win a playoff game – because you're going to be facing, I mean, let's agree here, they're going to win the NFC. So you're going to be facing a lesser team in the first round. Even if it is the Rams, you're, you're at least at home. So maybe you get past that. I, I just think that the concern comes for, from what we saw, the hot start. Everyone's expectations changed. Everyone's like, yeah, they play in an awful division. Of course they're going to win this division. Well, let's not talk about that anymore. Let's move on to, could this be a Super Bowl? And to be in the Super Bowl conversation, you have to be able to beat Tampa Bay or Green Bay, if not both. And without their quarterback right, you're not beating either of those teams. That's the vibe. That's why there's a weird vibe around this team right now. And it's the offense mainly struggling right now. And the fact that, I mean, you've you've covered this league a long time, and we all have to a certain degree. This is maybe the most stacked NFC field that I can remember, maybe since the 90s on paper. I, I don't know, because John mentioned all those teams. One team John didn't mention is the team that's actually got the best record. Arizona, who's got a fantastic quarterback, and maybe they're the best team right now. Uh, so it's 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 a you got to be at your best to get out of this NFC, and that that means you're going to have to score points, and that's been the struggle right now. You guys are all busier than me. I'll give you that. I like to fiddle around, and today I fiddled around and looked back. Um, Twenty-seven takeaways, fourth best in the league right now. Uh, which equals 89 points for this defense. So they're on pace with four games left to finish with 35 takeaways <laughs> if, if they continue their pace. Uh, 35 takeaways. I brought up the 9-4 and four record. you got to go back to 2001 Wow. when they had more takeaways. I don't know why they didn't. How'd they win five games? How'd they uh, win five games? 36 takeaways in Ugh. 2001. Now, I did this very quickly. Who was the quarterback then? Was it Testaverde? <laughs> it was Quincy Carter. It was Quincy rookie Carter. year. Rookie year after yeah. Aikman was done in 2000. Uh, they had 34 and 06, 34 and 08. And again, I did this quickly, uh, like I do everything because I don't work that hard. Uh, uh, but, I mean, you go through their history. Uh, 35 takeaways got to go back 20 years before the, a defense for the Cowboys has equaled that. And we all think they're going to get to it. Um, the Randy Gregory story, uh, and I've been I've been following a lot of narratives this week, and, and he deserves it. I mean, th- those were two remarkable impact plays in the same game. I used to be in discussions about Demarcus Ware and will he be a first ballot Hall of Famer? And my point was he he did a lot, but I can't remember a game where he had two huge plays that turned the game. That was always my point of view with DeMarcus. Gregory did that in this game. 
two huge plays, um, was it all worth it? That's the discussion. See, I'm still going to say if he does it in a playoff game and they win, then it's all worth it, Jerry's patience with Randy. but It's uh, worth it because you're not paying him hardly anything right now. True. I mean, if you look at it just just uh, nuts and bolts, sure, he's on the field, he's making plays, um, and Jerry gets the credit here. Jerry's the one that had the patience with him, with two coaches, and yeah, Will McClay maybe some, but uh, th- this is that one player that Jerry refused to give up on that is now, that is now bringing dividends. And Randy, too. Randy's fought through a lot personally to get where he is that's what i was about to say he did his part yeah. you know when he was he was working at an amazon stocking plant uh making you know what 15 dollars an hour or so when he was suspended before that he was working for a marketing company and so he always acknowledged that he had these demons and there was a part of him that thought people wanted him to fail and when we talked to him in what was it otas mm-hmm. What just stood out to me was how clear of mind he was and how focused he was. And I, I think this is another, as much as we give Jerry Jones credit and we give Randy, give credit once again to Dan Quinn because it was Randy lighting up about Dan Quinn's impact on him. The fact that they were using him as a featured pass rusher, that was what was frustrating to him last year with Mike Nolan and Jim Tom Sula not really uh, using him. They were using Alden Smith and those guys in favor, which is kind of funny when you look back on it. Um, but... I just think that that's had a lot to do with his success as well. You know, again, the, the, the history of it all, Go speaking of where, three legitimate rushers that this team has now, D-Law, Gregory, Micah. I was just thinking that. you got to go back to Hatcher, Ratliff, and Ware. <sighs> and that was one year before Hatcher went to the Redskins. I think this is a better group than that. Oh, and, I, and, I think and, it and, is. And Ratliff was a pro bowler. I mean, he was a big-time player, and, and Hatch had a good career. But – you, it's Micah. I mean, you throw Micah into this mix who's rushing half the time and is on pace to get, I don't know, fifteen at least 15 sacks. Right. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's, cra- no, that's it's the, crazy. And that's the one everybody, because of this week, wants to talk about Micah Parsons and Lawrence Taylor and things like that. But to me, it's, the comparison should be to DeMarcus Ware because of what he could possibly be to this organization, a, another type of DeMarcus Ware guy like that. We're just like, how does that fall to 12? You know, a guy that if he stays on the right track and he stays healthy, he has, he's built like a linebacker, can can edge rush like a elite edge rusher, and he can run like a wide receiver. Like, it's just such a rare combination that he has that he has, he's such a freak that, like, the ceiling is, is just, it's not like any other player that you, that I can even think of. And so if you can add another DeMarcus Ware to with Lawrence, with Randy Gregory, and again, I mean, don't sleep on Gallimore. Gallimore like I think Gallimore's best ball is ahead of him. And then here's the thing, like having all those guys together, it just takes away the chance for these double teams. You can't block all these guys. You can't keep enough people back to block all these guys on these third downs. These third, I watch these games now looking forward to third and seven and beyond. Oh, because absolutely. you're just like, I can't yeah. wait to see how they're yeah. gonna they're gonna deploy these guys. Yeah, putting Lawrence. Lawrence inside and, and doing all these different versatile looks, it, it's really it is exciting. D Ware had Spencer too for a couple of years, so I don't know. It's close. Yeah. They, there's there's I mean they're both really good groups. I think know. what also stands out to me, I always go back to the psychology and and just the mindset of this group. Even seeing even though it was a sponsored ad, the Pizza Hut of all the guys over at Micah Parsons' house, <laughs> yeah. this group feels like there's a chemistry on the defensive side of the ball that we hadn't really seen in the past. And not to knock some of the guys that have been in the locker room before, 
But it's just a really young, hungry group. And I think it helps when you've got a guy who shows up every day. Not that Mike is teacher's pet or anything, but you know that this guy is working harder than you. It makes everyone around them work hard. And I think Sean Lee had that effect on those guys early on in his career. And then I think the injuries probably hurt. But I think they've sort of been lacking the selfless, motivated players. And I feel like it's almost created a bit of a pep and a step of guys like Demarcus Lawrence. And not that he wasn't that, but, you know, he's coming back from an injury, et cetera. But it just it feels like this group is forming that cohesiveness that we saw on offense early on that made them so good. Amen. Well, that's the thing. You go back to 16, the way Dak and Zeke were in 16, the way it kind of just it, it set everything on fire. I mean, that 13-3 and three season, like everything just took off. And you're like, how do these two rookies do it? Well, it's about how you play. Like, you don't have to be the best speaker, the loudest guy, but if you can lead with your play like that and you can be a freak out, on, people will rally behind anybody. It doesn't matter if they're a rookie. It doesn't matter what year they're in. When you play like the way Micah's playing, others will follow you because they're amazed by it. I mean, J. Ron Curse was talking about today how he's like, I don't know. I've never seen anything like this. This guy rushes off the edge like T.J. Watt, and he plays linebacker like Bobby Wagner. I, I mean, love that, that is such yeah. a freak combination to even speak of, and this is coming from, speaking of the freak, uh, you know, uh, his his – Uncle, it was his uncle, right? Uncle Javon Curse, yeah. Yeah. yeah, who has the rookie sack record that Micah's likely going to break. You know, it's, and how uh, much, by the way, real quick, if you're the the Giants, how much are you kicking yourself for trading down and getting Kadarius Tony? Not that that was why aren't you why aren't you kicking yourself? If you're the Eagles. You're the one well, that traded the pick. I was actually looking yeah. right now to look at the draft order of all the teams that would have liked to have grabbed Micah. You can do that, though, every draft. There's always yeah. a guy. But it is funny, though, when it happens with your division. The same thing with DeMarcus Lawrence. So DeMarcus Lawrence was a trade-up with Washington. You know, it just it's interesting because you go into these drafts every year and you talk about, like, well, they could do a trade, but it'll never be within the division. The Cowboys actually do a decent amount of trades within their division during the draft, and it's worked out well for the Cowboys. Wasn't that a weird year in, in 2016? Because, uh, you know, Dak, Dak and Zeke were the best two personalities at the Pro Bowl the next right. winter, which was great. And I think Mike is going to be that Absolutely. at the Pro Bowl this winter. Just a huge personality. I'm, I'm he gonna, makes it fun for us again. Oh, yeah. It's, he's so much fun to talk I yeah. do want to say yeah, this, though. There, there is a media member here in DFW that is taking credit for making the Lawrence Taylor comparison. Oh, Please. God. Is it Clarence? No. It, you brought he got up. Dion Trayvon, right? Yeah, and, and by the yeah. way, some young cow. Cowboys fans are giving him credit for that point of view. They must have caught it on TV uh, in a rare moment. But, uh, I mean, for those of us that were there when DeMarcus was brand new, Mike Parcells Fisher. was, was his coach. Of course it was an <laughs> LT comparison. Yeah. We ask him that a million times. Any good player, the kid that was drafted ahead of him that went to San Diego, what was his name? Uh, Merriman. Yeah, he was compared to LT. Right. They all are. Come on, man, dude. No, that's nothing new. I'm, I'm gonna tell yeah, you. But I, this is a bad. This is a. This is me being a bad reporter. But I'm not gonna lie. I was intimidated, so I didn't want to ask Bill Belichick on that conference call because about, I know how protective Bill is about <laughs> Lawrence Taylor. Probably. Because yeah. it wasn't like it was. We had him on a conference call, but it was a conference call with their reporters as well. It was kind of like so the Dallas reporters kind of come in at the end, and I'm like, I'm not asking this. But, he's gonna get. He's gonna get upset that anybody's even making this comparison. You're Real, soft. I know, I know. <laughs> Real quick, I'm with Dan Quinn, though. Like, Dan didn't – he he said, look, pass rush aside, it's different because he's always in a different spot. Moving he's around. Like, he yeah. kind of knew where LT was going to be. I think it's more about he's chasing LT, becoming the second guy ever That's to make right. these accomplishments. Very easy and it's a compare. And it's a great storyline because yeah. look who they're playing this week. All, All right, right. Other, other positives real quick before we take a break and then get to the one thing that has stirred up some of the negativity. Uh, health. 
Donovan Wilson looks like he's about to rejoin. You've only got two players that were not full in practice today, Tyron and Pollard, but Pollard looks like he's working back. Uh, Tyron's going to be an issue maybe for a week, Jerry promises us. It's not bad. You got, you know, when Jerry says stuff as a doctor, you got to listen. But uh, that's another positive, and the schedule is a positive too. uh, In with with a lot of crazy stuff going on that we may get into. Do you trust that it's only a week for Tyron? No, of course I can't get to a break with this crowd. I just can't. Uh, James is bad as chill. We'll come back. We'll come back. Just as bad as chill. You want to start this? See, now we're switching because I'm the negative one. You're the positive one. (laughs) Let's go to break. I am very positive. Oh, Mashota said, let's go to break. Uh, All right, we're going to fix Dak. Or we're going to call it a slump, or we're not going to call it a slump. Up to you. We don't know. Next on Media Mash. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Back back, back, to Media Mash. All right. uh, Now I feel like I'm going to get a little bit more into character, Jane. (laughs) Here we go. I feel like. uh, I mean, you know, even if it's perfect. You never go full positive. Even if it's perfect, (laughs) it's not perfect, no matter what it is in life. Steve Dennis here. uh, Happy you're with us for Media Mash on this Wednesday, December 15th, 10 days away from Christmas already. Could somebody slow down time? Please. I'm with you. Good grief. Haven't shopped at all. Ridiculous. I know. I watched Sex in the City and I got depressed. So I need it to We watched that That's too. My, my wife loves oh. that show, the new one. And then that, what's and it called? And just like that. And just like that. And just that. like that, I wanted to be don't them when I was away. in college. And now I'm just, it makes me feel like I'm getting real old. I don't want to be. How do you think I feel when I hop on the elliptical every morning now after watching that? I go, <laughs> well, at least it's not a Peloton. Yeah. To give the, they're they're going to gonna start the new show with that. <laughs> but uh, my wife is always loved that show so i sit there and and watch it with her did somebody die 
Uh, no, we're not going to say. We're not going to say, but it's a big we'll talk story for the show. I'm on too much Twitter. Too People much, already know. Yeah, All right, there are a lot of stats flying around. Uh, we're not going to throw a bunch of negative stats at you. Uh, I do like this one, though, real quick. And to me, uh, turnover margin and third down completion uh, – third down – Third down percentage are the two most important stats in a football game to me. And the Cowboys are plus nine in turnover, which is ridiculous. Uh, third downs is the only place that I'm going to state stats as we try to fix Dak here. Um, it, it, it has changed immensely. In the last four games, 17 of 59 on third down. That's 29%. Uh, they're now 40% on the season, uh, but the first nine games, they were 46%. Uh, 46% would be third in the league right now, behind only Kansas City and Tampa Bay. But the Cowboys are sitting at 40 because they're in a funk when it comes to third down conversions. And if we're going to sit here and talk about fixing Dak, and we will, first we may try to figure out what his affliction is. To me, that's where to start. You have got to convert third downs and and Dak is usually very very good at it as the chieftain in the effort uh it takes them all but the Cowboys are typically since Dak's been here really good at that and suddenly they're not let's start there how does Dak fix that well First of all, it's that's bigger than him. The run game has to get fixed. Yeah. There's too much pressing on the passing game that it's going to have to just pick up all these third downs. When you start getting more yards on first down, then that opens things up. It makes these third downs more manageable. Why do you even have to get to third down? Can you just convert on second down? Like, why does it have to be like, no, we only have to get three yards per play, and then on fourth down or third down, we'll convert it on a third and four. Like, and you can keep getting first downs. You don't need to. It get to third down all the time, but I, I just think it's so much bigger than just to say. And, and that's the thing with sports; everyone wants you to say like, "Oh, no, it's uh, it's Dax calf. That's it. That's the answer to it. We're good." <laughs> no, it's not. It's everything. It's but, it's that the receivers aren't making catches. Dak's not seeing things. He doesn't throw those two picks in Washington if he's seeing everything right. I mean, and, those are just unlike him. And they don't have to run that play if they're running the ball and finishing the game. To your point, they're he's not in a pass mode situation there. Well, it is crazy. If you look at his passing touchdowns and interceptions before the calf injury, he had 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. Since week nine, eight touchdowns and six interceptions. I've been saying this all season. It's a continuity thing. You know, if you look at this, he's the during his six games back from the injury, the Cowboys were without Tyron Smith for three, Amari for two, CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup for one. I don't necessarily think it's rust, but I was talking to you guys about this it, earlier. They've always had a timing thing. In other words, these guys have needed a lot of reps in order to get into their rhythm, and I, I think that all of that has been compounded. And I think when you're not having continuity on your offensive line, that is where you're seeing some of these struggles. I had a sit-down with Travis Frederick for an event that I did a couple weeks ago, and I, I asked him about that. He watches the games on Sunday, moved back to Wisconsin, sends these guys some of his game notes afterwards. Tons of money with him. Right. But he talks about <laughs> the importance and the significance of that offensive line and how he has to, in his own friend circles, explain to people how hard it is to just switch one guy from one side of the line to the other and the importance of that continuity. And so I just don't think we can overstate how much that is, I think, 
has affected this team this season. All right, well, let's stop there real quick because— When did we make the Connor Williams change? What week was that? Casey, the Chiefs week. Okay, mm-hmm. so that was week what? Oh. Ten? And I think they did that. I mean, that's a tough week to move Connor McGovern into that week role. Week 11. But I think they did it because it was they, maybe they wanted to give okay, him. Okay, so he struggled on downfield passes since week 11 after performing at a top no, 10 level was, man, to yeah. start he, he, the he season. Wasn't, he wasn't great in week 9 against well, I'm Denver. I'm going next-gen stats on you on that one. They tried to get McGovern in that role, I think, before the Thanksgiving stretch because that wouldn't have been easy for him to, you know. For sure. It's not the only reason why, but Jane, Jane's right. I mean, Mike has said continuity is important on the offensive line, but you also got to produce. And so that's why they've shuffled things. Yeah. Injuries have been a part of it, but they're also trying to find the right mix. Well, and, we and, can't fix that yet because Tyron's going to miss this game. Well, that's, and, yeah, they're going to go Okay, but let me, let me ask you guys this. I know we're talking about Dak, but this is all about helping Dak. Do you put Connor Williams back in there even with the – with the penalties. Spoken like a longhorn. Well, <laughs> I, I'm just saying if if it was making more sense for this team. I'm just throwing it out there. My, my issue with that is, is we just don't see enough to know. Like, we get to watch the first 15, yeah. 20 minutes of practice. And when these guys, that this is their job, professionals, to break this stuff down, right. there can be little things here and there where they're like, yeah, we're not going back to that. Because, yeah, we have to deal with this, but then we have to deal with this, this, and this. Like, we're not doing this over and over again. This is our group we're sticking with. And as long as these guys are healthy, we're going with this. Five. Well, and that's it's December. The people who are coming after me for the last two weeks, I've been saying Dak needs to play better. And they're all getting angry at me. <laughs> well, explain how he needs to play, but no, that's. That's not what I do. Yeah. He just needs to play better. He's getting paid $40 million a year to figure out how he plays well, that's better. That's a separate conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's and, two conversations. Uh, how much yes. money he makes and why the offense isn't Right. Yeah. It, it is. You know. It is. But that's the magnifying glass sure. and everything. But, but and it should point, be, by to, the way. To Steve's point, we sit here, the four of us, talking yeah. about this. And do you think that us four are going to come up with a better plan Maybe. than <laughs> Kellen Moore, Doug Nussmeyer, Mike McCarthy, and Ben McAdoo, like with all the success that they've had with offensive football over the last two decades oh, plus. There's, there's so like, many fans out there that did say you leave they somebody out? Well, Dak. Or did what? you say Kellen? Yeah, I said, yeah. Oh, yeah, I said oh, Kellen. Okay. Yeah, those four guys. See, yeah. here's what I'll say I real quick. Think, but I think before, you're, wait, before because we go to, he got paid, you're ex, you're just expecting him to do everything. No, that's part of the dinner. No, that's part of the dinner. Hey, that's part of the dinner. I don't want to hear that. I'm not saying it's the answer, (laughs) but I'm not against people bringing it up. That's all I'm going to say. Because once you sign that deal, that comes with it. Different ballgame. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, And same with Romo. When he was undrafted, boom, big contract. Different conversation. Well, Elliott's having the same conversation about his play. Yeah, Absolutely. but people bring that up, too. If he was the quarterback of the team, they would mention the contract even more. But it's the fact that when you're the quarterback, and not just the Cowboys, any franchise, when they make you that next highest quarterback in the run, you're, everyone's going to get there. If you're going to do it. And you have the number two ranked offense in the NFL, you could argue has a lot to do with you're very well paid. Or you yeah, could absolutely. argue that Cooper Rush did fine against oh Minnesota. Oh my God! No, I'm just saying. If you're going to argue that way, uh, okay. I want to say this real quick before you guys go to other issues. Yes. The, the continuity of the offensive line was a Jane Slaterism there, um, and, and and I want to say this before we get to other issues, specifically about the third down conversion rates. See, to me, that is a quarterback stat. And I understand that it takes them all. But I don't care what the reasons are that you're in a third and six or a third and eight or a third and 12. It could be holding. Now it's third and 12. Whatever the circumstances are, that's where the quarterbacks make their money. That's why you pay them. $40 million. That is a quarterback down. And, and in my opinion, 
Where Dak is making a mistake right now mainly is his decision-making. He's usually really good at making the right decisions, and on third down it gets magnified. You've got to make the right decisions, and I think he's a little slower than he's been. He's a little more hesitant on on being confident that this is the right decision. I think he'll snap out of it because I think he's a elite quarterback but and, and worth the 40 million. also typically make the catches. Your running back typically is able to have more than whatever his – I mean, it's – not to the wide receiver point, though, I want to add this in here because okay, I want to hear there. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this. Who has been Dak's a one wide receiver throughout his entire time as Cowboys quarterback? And I, I will make the argument that really, Michael Gallup. I will make is what he's had. I will make the argument that there has not been one, and because the bar I'm putting it at is that. Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, even DeAndre Hopkins with Kyler Murray. Like, it, now with Stafford, it used to be Calvin Johnson, it's now Cooper Cup. Cooper like, Cup. if you look at all the numbers, there really has never been that, like, A1 guy that it's like, hey, when stuff's really going wrong, Dak will definitely go to this player. Because I'm going to tell you this right now, you say it's Amari Cooper, there can't be games where he's only getting three targets and making three catches and things like that. I agree. That's the guy. But he's the one that elevated Dak's game when they brought him in. Absolutely. That's why I was going to say Amari. And so why I'm saying, because I don't believe there has been, maybe to get out of this slump that's going on right now, you have to find a guy that, hey— if, if I have to throw this guy 13 times, even if there is a little extra coverage, I, that's my guy. We're going to be on the same page, and everything else will be built off of that as opposed to just like, yeah. I'll just take whatever's out there. Whatever guy's open, I'll go to Because I just feel like then it's like everything is off. Go with that idea. You with Michelle on this, you guys? I hadn't actually thought of it that way. No, it's actually I interesting. I haven't. I th- as of late, It was think... Schultz early in the year. Yeah. Every and, quarterback. And, and, name and, me a quarterback that doesn't have that guy. Patrick Mahomes has Travis Kelsey. Like, literally, all the elite quarterbacks have that guy. Or Tyreek Hill. CD's kind of been more of that guy lately. I think I think CD is going to be the guy that's going forward, and that's where they want it to be, yeah. but where is it right now? Okay, when was Amari Cooper out with the vaccination status? What weeks was that? It was KC and Raiders. Okay, yeah. so that's when we started to see the slump happen, so maybe there's something to that, because I felt like Amari was, and there was almost like the bragging in Minnesota, like that was mine. You know to get it to him, not to CD Lamb, because he was that guy but the chemistry and the timing has been off as of late. And I would have argued in the past that Michael Gallup and been, had a really, really good chemistry out there. Um, and I just, Michael, he's made some uncharacteristic drops this year. Which, CD has made a couple of drops here sure. lately. Too. And again, I don't know if that's Dak or if it's them, but I don't think it's fair to just point the finger and say it's Dak. I appreciated Zeke's response saying it's it's all of them because it is. If the running game was going, they wouldn't have to rely on the wide receivers as much. What, ga- what game do you think? What game do you think Amari Cooper had the most targets this year? And it's by a lot. Minnesota. I would guess Atlanta. Okay, thirteen against Minnesota. No other game has he had more than eight. Wow. Oh wait, actually, I take that back. It was seventeen against. Wow, that's crazy. He had seventeen targets against Tampa Bay. What has happened since then? <laughs> you like literally look at the targets. It goes seventeen. Five, four, three, six, well, eight, thirteen. Well, Tyron Smith was five, in that four, game. two, seven. And they didn't Your try. Offensive to, line was only missing Zach Martin in they, that one. They didn't so try. Why, to, so they didn't why didn't why, why didn't why didn't yeah. we see that against Washington? No, but you I had lo- everything against Washington. I love the way that I you're agree. going after Amari here. I'm not going <laughs> after Amari. I'm <laughs> no, going after just the idea that nobody, there has to be a number hey, one. Going after Amari is fair game. Nobody else will do it. Uh, <laughs> you're right. 
if you're going to have a relationship and you're going to be the guy like Witten was for Romo that you can always count right. on, there is no reason why Amari shouldn't get four or five catches in a row. Right. No reason. Right. Other top receivers do that. And he doesn't. Is he floats hard? in and he floats out and he floats in and then there's a big third down. And he makes a great play. Woo! Yeah. And then and then he's nowhere to be found the next four third downs. Well, isn't that because he does pull himself out of the games a few times because if he's not feeling right, and then we're also seeing them temper him in practice at times. Yeah, so and, it's not, it's and it's not going to be like him. It's not his personality like some of these other the receivers where him. they're like, I need to be out there. Nobody else is going in. That's yeah. just not his personality. CD is like more that. of a dog type, yes. and, and that's where this is headed. Let, look, this is also a unique offense in terms of their their talent level when they're when they're whole. It just is. I mean, they, not many teams have CD Lamb. Oh, and we can turn, we can hand it off. And to Zeke, whatever, and get it rolling. When they or Schultz has been a top guy, like when they've been at their best, they spread it around. That's right. just and, the way and, they and do and it. And they can get back to their best. I'm just saying, if you had that one person, I think that you can build off that, and then that allows everything to kind of get going when things aren't going well. Number one, number two. What about in a big game? Like you, we go back to that the last Cowboys playoff win with Romo. Like if if he they don't have that option route that Witten runs, they probably don't beat. The Lions on that on that I don't know if it was third or fourth down play. I mean the game was on that. Like there has to be a bread and butter that it's like, yeah. hey, we have to be able to go to this. And I just ask you, what is that? What is, is that, that play? That, Who is that well, receiver? It should be a slant to Amari. But it also used like to it be was Zeke, for dead. To right. your point to Zeke, yeah. you knew that this offense was predicated on Zeke. No matter what, Zeke had the rock. Right. And they haven't had that lately. For sure. Tony Pollard's... No way. How far back are you going with that mentality? That, that, I'm that's predicated on when Z. the offense was oh, yeah. very, very way successful. Way back then. Oh, absolutely. You knew who the yeah. guy yeah. was. Even though you had Dez on this team, you knew this offense was Ezekiel Elliott. I think you bring up a good point. Are you going to write this for The Athletic? <laughs> Yeah, maybe. It's actually a really good point. Well, I, really I, I would that hope way. that you may because criticize got, 19 a little bit. Nobody else is doing it. Uh, and But is it his fault to the And Jory gets mad at me whenever staff. I do it. But yeah. is it the coaching staff or is it Amari's fault? And how much has he doubled? How much has he bracketed and opens things up for Again, everybody wants it to be not just sports, but just arguments in general to have just the one answer. And there probably isn't just one there answer. It's a very it. nuanced one as it relates to this offense. I'd love to compare what's happening across the league, especially with the good players. And if you're noticing what Mahomes has been doing, you're talking about how Kelsey's his guy, not so much lately. He's got Tyreek. Mahomes is spreading it around to everybody. Uh, sprinkle is getting or some Springle. Uh, Sprinkle's he, on this team. Sprinkle. Uh, Blake Bell is now on their team. He's got all kinds of guys. Pring, I think it's Pringle. Pringle. Like Pringle. 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 Uh, he is spreading Sprinkle, it around Pringle. to all of them. And you're right, Stafford isn't. Stafford acts like he has one guy. I mean, it's like Michael Thomas to Drew Brees now. In he's got LA. Sonny Michelle, too, though, that opens it up for a guy like Cooper Cup. Well, he's not getting that much. He, he's really physical. Opened, well, he's he physical. really opened the game up for Cooper Cup to have a more successful Cooper game Cooper Cup is getting 17 targets a game. Yeah, it's but pretty it amazing. He's going to break Michael Thomas's <laughs> record. And, and that's all. I mean, my wife and I are going, Cooper Cup again? Stafford has nobody else. I mean, Beckham had a decent game, mm-hmm. whatever night that was. Was that Monday. Sunday? Was that Monday? you got to have that guy that you just trust that, hey, I know he's always going to be in the right spot. I know exactly where he's going to be because we've played together, and I know every single time, no matter what breaks down, no matter how they right. re- readjust the route, I know that when I drop back that on this step, he's going to be there because he's always there. And I don't know that they have that guy That's right now. That's a very, very good point. I hadn't thought about that. With the talent on this offense. 
offense that we're having this discussion. That's not a good thing. That but is not I a think, good thing. But I think that they've honestly seen it as an advantage. Well, yeah, and this goes back to Garrett. Garrett was always about just, hey, take what they give us. Right. We don't have one feature guy that we're going to force feed. You know, they used to force feed T.O. back in the day, even Des. We don't do that here. And it's kind of carried over. Maybe it's the influence that Kellen Moore had when he was working under Garrett. I don't know. Well, the dog on the team, that's why there's all this talk of moving him to running back. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you've got to have that dog on offense. Now, Dak is the dog. But, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I, I've been against Amari's sort of demeanor many times because it just doesn't suit a elite wide receiver and, and to be honest with you people will be critical of yeah. you saying that and, and and that's why there's 32 teams and i guarantee you that if we had all 32 gms in here you'd have a split with maybe not even a 50 50 split but you would definitely have teams that feel, agree with you i mean to be one the raiders that's why they traded a first round pick for him i mean there's a lot of people that when everything's going well you're like you traded Amari Cooper for a first-round pick, and then there's other times where you're just like, eh, I can kind of see why they did that. If they're, if you're not a wide receiver and you're in the locker room before, after, and during a game begging your quarterback to throw you the football, then to me you're not an elite wide receiver. But is that always good for a locker room? Because right. OBJ was that with the Browns, Des was that with the Cowboys, and that can a T.O. here in Dallas. It's going to get Witten in the Hall of Fame. That can sometimes be an issue. I think what I appreciate about this group is how well they support each other. They are sort of this... Um, wide receiver by committee but i i see john's point i just i think you need a dog but maybe not as vocal right there's levels to this i think amari is a very misunderstood player because he's one of the more cerebral guys oh, sure. i've ever interviewed sure but he's let me an excellent route runner and i think he's an asset on your team let me throw another idea out real quick and see if you like this i think that they were so wounded by dak being gone last year that they're all gonna show up when it's playoff time. I mean, everybody wants Dak to run. Dak is not going to run until he is sure that it is time to right. run. And maybe Amari is just kind of waiting until it's time to go. And I mean, it, this isn't I, – I look at having all these pieces as, like, it could be a quick fix. Like, yes. I, it hasn't fixed, been fixed in, in several weeks, so people think that, well – that's it. It's the end of the season. Like, no, it could get fixed on a matter of like a couple series. To be honest with you, I kind of bought into the fool's gold. I thought it was fixed on that on that one series <laughs> in New Orleans where it was like CD, oh yeah, then Gallup, yeah. or I mean, yeah. then Amari, then Gallup. Like, it was like, oh, this is now they're back. This is going to click. I had no clicking. defensive line in that well, game. Yeah. But, but to your point, we're we're also like sitting here trying to fix this offense that again is the number two ranked offense in the league, and they're nine and four. But they were number one. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> they're but sliding. It's, it's the teams that they're going to face in January. That's yeah. what it comes to, assuming they win the division and all that. But I, Amari's just pacing. He's won a maybe. championship. He knows. There's a lot of messy stuff going they on. Got, they got to reestablish the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. first. That To me, that's that's the thing. Whether you want to talk about the, the, run, the passing game, and you're right. They got to get that going. The run game, to me, it's no coincidence. When they run the ball, Dak plays better and they win. Well, here's the thing. You know, the, the weeks two through six, the Charger game through the Patriots game, they were running people over, and the, he was so much more efficient. The reason why they have to get that offense fixed, too, is because you get nauseated by hearing complimentary football. But this is what complimentary football is with this Dallas Cowboys team. They have to throw and put up points because they want you to throw back against them so they can have Micah pin his ears back and Demarcus Lawrence and Randy and Neville pin their ears back and have to come after your quarterback. 
Other teams, the blueprint every single week is this is what they want to do. They want to have long possessions that keeps your offense off the field and that they can sit there and they can run clock and limit the number of possessions because then uh, Mar- I mean, then Micah and, and DeMarcus and Randy can't pin their ears back. They have to play run defense. They have to do these things. They don't get as many chances to wreck the game. But when you have to throw against them, that's when they can sit there and they can pin their ears back. Trayvon Diggs can get his hands on balls. That's the way that they need to play. That's why the passing game has to be fixed for them to reach their potential. No doubt. No All right, doubt. now, one of my favorite things, Jane Slater, I'm going to go around the table here. <laughs> Jane Slater, when I'm doing nothing at 3 o'clock in the afternoon during the week and she pops up on NFL Network and talks Cowboys to me, that's my favorite thing about her. Uh, <laughs> Mashota, my favorite thing about you is when you tweet the oddest thing, like Micah playing running back in high yeah. school, that nobody else <laughs> finds, and Mashota puts it right there for me, and I go, thanks, John, Mashota. John, how much are you going to love it if they just get wild one week and, and we do see it God, I'd love on offense. They won't I have so many things saved on this phone waiting for these moments yeah. to happen and <laughs> it just Bobby hasn't Belt, happened can I, I get to Rob next my yes. favorite thing about Rob is his three and out column on DallasCowboys.com he always puts something in there of interest this week thank you Steve. he put this in there and it's got me kind of changing my position which upsets me the first six though the last six starts uh, Dak is well. You mentioned his pressure. He's been pressured 83 times. The six previous starts, 66, sack 13. The previous six, nine. But the rushing numbers: 185 yards per game in a five-game stretch to start the season, and the last six since the calf injury, 114 per game. And his quarterback rating was 117. Then it's 84 now. That, that is so strong. I still think that when you have an elite quarterback, and I do believe the Cowboys do, in the same vein as Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady, Josh, uh, Justin someday out in L.A., uh, when you're Sorry, running— you're talking about Fields. Sorry. Uh, no. <laughs> Herbert. When, uh, when you're not running the ball, your quarterback has to make the difference. And I think Dak's not doing that. He didn't do it against Denver. He didn't do it against Kansas City. When, when they're stopping the run, he did against New England. He was great that mm-hmm. night when they stopped the run. It's great against Tampa Bay. That's right. Well, they didn't even try to run yeah. against Tampa Bay. But, see, Dak can be that. He can be great like Rodgers and forget the run game. But when Phillips throws these numbers at me... It's balance. Going back to 2016, what, and, and they're not run first like they were that season necessarily. Like, John's right. they got to hit chunk plays in the pass game. That's the lifeblood of any offense. But going back, Dak has always had a running game. It's all. There's always been complimentary, and they just haven't. They haven't found it. They feel like they take. They've taken a, a couple steps the last two weeks. We'll, well see. He needs to just focus on the short passes in the air because four of his five interceptions since week eleven on passes of ten plus airing yards. Mm. Well, I mean, well, CD talked about it today. The, the way teams are playing them is just different. They're not blitzing Dak really anymore. Right. They're they're putting guys back deep. They want you to throw underneath. They want you to sit there and hey, we'll give you this. I mean, literally, it's like you guys should. A lot of you guys in the team should know this because this is what Marinelli was doing. On defense, like, hey, go ahead and dink and dunk and dink and dunk and, and do all that stuff underneath. And I feel like Dak almost is like, I got this arm, I got these, I got these weapons. I, I, even if there's some guys back there, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put one in, in in the window. Yeah, he only has one touchdown versus the blitz since week 11. Yeah, they, yeah. they just haven't been blitzing him as it's, much it, either. It's, so it's honestly what they've been doing to Mahomes this year. 
and it was driving Mahomes crazy, I think, early in the season. Yeah. And he was making, like, trying to fit stuff in and and, and be heroic, and right. he was throwing picks. Well, as well, Romo Matthew used to Stafford always say. is the next one closest yeah. to Dak in terms of those stats right there. So he hmm. started dinking and dunking, yeah. and it started working for him. What yeah. Romo used to say, you got to make them pay. Whatever they're doing, you got to make them pay. Dak's not making them pay right now. And in the last four games, you're talking about his touchdowns and interceptions. Four touchdowns. In the last four games, five interceptions. Come on, man. That's not an offense. That that is awful. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break here, our final one on this Wednesday, and we're going to talk a little bit about something very alarming happening not just across the NFL. It's happening across the NHL, the NBA, and we're wondering if the NFL uh, and how it may affect Cowboys – seeding possibilities, etc., is going to do something about it. That's next on Media Mesh. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network's busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back, 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 back to back, Media back. Mash. Go, Steve. Welcome back to Media Mash. We're so happy John Machote is here, Rob Phillips is here, and Slater Jane is here. My name is Steve Dennis. Uh, chatting about the Cowboys. We'll do it again tomorrow at 4 o'clock with uh, Jory Epstein and I think Clarence E. Hill Jr. The man's disappeared on me. <laughs> he won't answer a text, a phone call. Did you guys get into it last week? Uh, well, is that what it is? If there's drama, stop the drama, stop the Clarence. Drama. Answer my text. And he lives on his phone too. So yeah. That's really oh, he's ignoring me. <laughs> there's no. It's called ghosting. I've known him yeah. 24 years. There's no question he's ignoring me, and I can't <laughs> figure out why. Uh, but I think he's, he's got on. an event tomorrow night that I think Quincy Carter's supposed to be at that he does. Quincy. He hosts on Thursday. It's funny because I asked him about that today, and that's the exact same Quincy <laughs> you know, thing. No, I did. saw Quincy at Byron. <laughs> Nelson this year 
and I didn't recognize him. In really? fact, I was doing like a round table with a bunch of former cowboys and someone asked me, can you include Quincy? And I'm like, where is he? <laughs> Sitting right in front of me. Wow. You know, the year that Parcells helped Quincy lead the Cowboys to the playoff <laughs> is one of the greatest jobs of coaching <laughs> I have ever witnessed in my sports life. Check out the Deep Blue documentary, Parcells Final Ride. Just, yeah. Just Give sh- plug. shameless plug. There you go. That season. Well, I've that already seen it, haven't I? Yeah, I'm just saying for anybody oh. out there that wants to relive it. Oh, my go gosh. Ahead and check it out. The way he massaged Quincy and got him to play winning football was miraculous. I, you know, Garrett did a nice job with Dak, too, sure. his rookie year. Absolutely. Uh, to make sure his head was right with ball. You want to talk about things that a person will never get credit for, that they deserve some credit for. It is definitely <laughs> uh, Dak with Jason Garrett's uh, his rookie year. He'll never, Jason will never get any credit. Right. You know, you know why right. that that year was so important, Jason Garrett. Uh, Garrett had a little bit of Parcells in him when it came to Romo with the old "you got to keep him on the reservation" quote. Mm. Garrett hated the willy nilly nature that Romo loved to play. Mm-hmm. You know, Garrett he's he's like my wife. He's a control freak, <laughs> and uh, and he wanted to control. He yeah. likes he loved that year controlling sure. Dak. Because Dak would do everything he asked him to, and and he just was coaching the way he wanted to coach. Yeah, uh, and it worked. Yeah, almost uh, come to an NFC Championship game. Yeah, it, it was it was Garrett's he, best year. He did get Coach of the Year that year, but nobody he did. Nobody, yeah, yeah, yeah. nobody yeah. gives him credit. Nobody right. gave him credit yeah, for that. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to talk about this real quick. Uh, it, it is very odd right now, um, and and we've been in this pandemic for two a year and ten months, something like that now. Uh, we've had ups and downs with it. We've had surges. We've had concerns. Uh, thankfully, most of us have had the first shot, the second shot, and a booster shot. Uh, some haven't. But basically, when it comes to our sports, I feel like we're all sort of living normal lives. Fans are going to the stadiums. I sat in Ohio Stadium with 108 fellow Buckeye fans with my wife and daughter this fall and didn't think anything of it and didn't wear a mask. So we're basically, of course, Ohio State is a 100% vaccinated campus, but we um, all of a sudden sports are getting clobbered with these positive tests. 90 of them in the NFL right now. The NBA is calling off games. Uh, Chicago Chicago is hit bad. The NHL, Carolina hit bad. Uh, there are positive tests running rampant right now, so much so, uh, I think that the NFL is considering some repercussions on, on what they may need to do. Cleveland's got 16 or 17 players now uh, positive. The Rams have 14. This is a big time of the year. The NFL does not need this when the Rams are trying to fight for the number one seed along with the Cowboys and the other three. And and the Browns are fighting for a playoff spot. Um, We can get into this a lot of different ways, but let's start with this. Uh, The Players Association is saying, I told you so to the NFL because they went away from daily testing and they're only testing once a week. And their point of view is that these players are getting the virus and then spending all week spreading it, and then they're tested on Monday and boom, you've got 12 positive tests. They want to go back to the daily test. What do you all think the NFL should do, if anything, to try to curb what's happening right now? Well, I tell you, it's ridiculous because I was at Monday Night Football when Jalen Ramsey and Tyler Higbee travel with the team 
to Arizona. They test on Mondays because Tuesday, because of the players' union, they, it's their day off. You've got two players just chilling in Arizona that have either tested positive or had a close contact, and they can't play in the game. That's a little backwards for me. Um, but, yeah, to your point, they are talking about this, what is it, Judy Batista at my network talking about it today, that ret- the shortening the time period uh, for a return of a vaccinated asymptomatic player who has tested positive if it wants to review with the public health authority. The thing keeps changing so much. That's why we have reporters at our network that are dedicated to these policies because I think even for you guys, I don't know about you, but I know for me, I'm like, explain this thing to me because there are so many different guidelines for different Mm. people. Let me just add this real quick on there. Uh, And I could be wrong in this. I just, there isn't a player that's jumping out to me for the Cowboys that has had it. And I'm talking about even vaccinated that didn't get to play in a game, but then was like, yeah, I was completely fine. I should have played. Now, Amari says that, but then Amari also did, played an abbreviated amount of snaps in that New Orleans game and even like still had a cough and wasn't feeling 100%. Zach Martin talked about like how bad he was feeling and things like that. Right. Like, I don't know many players that were like, yeah, I could have played through this. Like they're just, I haven't heard many of that with the Cowboys. And obviously the Cowboys have had more than their share of positive tests. So while I understand that that's a talking point on this, I don't know how many guys are, are really feel like, yeah, they, they just kept me out, and, and I was good to go. I should have been able to start there. Like I, Most well, of the that, guys that I know of on this team like said that they felt pretty bad. That's when a they great point, that, because in the middle of all of this, there is no transparency. You're saying you want answers on this or that. We don't get them. We don't know it, because of privacy, et cetera. Right. And, and once they go into the protocol, we have no idea. But I do think that Jane makes a decent point. A lot of these players that are testing positive right now are able asymptomatic it's just a positive test and the league may consider letting those players play because they're out there practicing anyway Mm -hmm. with their team until they get the positive test but wait a minute i'm not sick I can play, but I, you can still lit- pass it on. That's that's the thing, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. what's the litmus test? Where I feel fine, I'm positive, but I can still because there are going to be players that like I'm playing no matter what. There are yeah. guys out there right. like there's guys that are playing. Zeke is playing through a knee injury right yeah. now. Um, so the the whole thing, I. Well, it's it's a nightmare for the NFL. It's a nightmare for the NFL because their own protocols are threatening to shut down their league uh, or a team or two or a game or two at the absolute worst time of the year. Well, to your point, Washington is looking at their injured and their COVID list. I think there's 30 all totaled that you're and and as this thing gets more contagious. And again, people are testing positive, but this Omicron is a lot less severe uh, in terms of what it does to you and they the think. symptoms are a lot so more. far well the yeah. symptoms as described by people who've had yeah. it have been a lot more milder but I, I just you're looking that it being a competitive disadvantage we're just going to stick to football as you get into playoffs i mean now we're looking at kevin stefanski and baker mayfield aren't available for the browns this weekend to our knowledge Dak hasn't had it yet what happens to this team that's right and what can the league do about it rob um i i would i don't know anything but i would be surprised if they didn't change their policy in some level and you know again go back to daily testing maybe that's got to be collectively bargained and so does the booster shots for players now that they've got tier one and tier two staff that's going to have to get boosted in the next two weeks i I just got an email about that that's yeah that's a step forward um maybe there's a compromise in the number of days testing per week maybe it's not daily but maybe it's more i mean 
I, I hear the part about asymptomatic, but now you've got a new variant that you don't know everything about. And you can be asymptomatic, but you can pass it on to somebody who could have more severe symptoms. It's still such a new virus that there's still concerns about what it could do to anybody who gets it. So they've got to be very careful there. I and, agree. And if you're and the so, players' union, you're like, well, what about player X, Y, and Z who's had it this season, who has natural immunity? How do you force a COVID shot, a booster shot on them? There's that too. You know, Wait, are you talking about for who are you talking about? For, I'm saying for players. Yeah, they can't force that on any players. Well, I'm saying because of the CBA, if I'm the players' union, I'm saying, well, wait a minute. What about the players who've already had it this season? Yeah. Okay. How can we force a booster it, shot on them? Here's my point. We all live our lives, right? We all have friends everywhere. Uh, I can honestly tell you that the only people I have heard about po- testing positive in my life in the last three weeks have been pro athletes. I have no friends. And but they're getting believe tested Believe me, regularly. we went through many how, of them. Hold up real quick here. How many of your how, friends and family you, are getting tested? Yeah, that, how, that's how, what I'm saying. And then how many of your friends and family are like going to go out of their way to tell you that? Like These players wouldn't tell us this. It's just because of the protocols we know about it. There's a lot of people that I know that have had COVID that didn't even tell me. Now I'm saying not people I was around, but friends and stuff that like back in Michigan where I'm from, they were like, I didn't find out about it until a couple months after. They're like, yeah, I had it too. Like I had to go through. I felt like pretty sick for a little bit. I'm like... Oh, you never mentioned that. It's like, well, why would I just offer that up? You know? Well, I didn't even know I had they it. Well, I wasn't well, around. I didn't him. even I'm know just... I had it until I took an antibody test. So here I was just floating around, not knowing yeah. that I had it until I was just curious as I was getting ready to travel more for work. I just wanted to know if I needed to be looking over my shoulder. And I found out that last year I had it at some point. But if we all read, and we've all been reading, I mean, we're all becoming little experts on because you feel like you have to read whatever you can. Uh, this is what a virus will do. It'll mm-hmm. it'll latch on where it can, and it weakens. It weakens, it weakens. So at this point, many of us may have it yeah. and would not pass a test, would get a positive test. But we're not testing so we have no we're vaccinated and we get a little sniffle we go is is this it do i yeah. have it and you wonder should i go get tested so well, i can... we ha- we have to get tested once a week here mm-hmm. yeah well, every wednesday i got yeah. tested at the beginning of the year downstairs yeah it's the only time i've ever been tested was here to do this show for the cowboys it's just still new that's why you you're still learning about it if if this 10 years down the road hopefully it's you treat it like a cold and you get sick and you play through it Especially as they get more treatments available and right, stuff like I'm that. I'm with you. Yeah. But right, right now, right but now, I think a lot of this. Too we gotta go. Is I gotta get my daughter policy. at the airports later. I it gotta is. get my daughter. Yeah. She's she's gonna be waiting at her gate. You don't want that to happen, I mean, do you? I don't want that. I gotta get out of here too. I got places to go, uh, Steve. You always have places to go. Um, yeah, uh, everybody, keep your eye out on this. The NFL may do something. Uh, I don't know what they can do, but it's getting a little uh, scary for them at a very important time of the year. Um, I want to thank rookie Chris Beam. Uh, as always, thank you guys for letting me talk Cowboys again. We'll do it again tomorrow at 4 o'clock. i got to go get my kid from the airport. Yay, bye. Bye. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?